Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Borger. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Borger, and welcome to episode 54 of the Aesthetic Doctor podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about collagen. Yes, collagen. I feel like we talk a lot about collagen and aesthetics and the media, and I get so many questions about collagen because there's multiple procedures that claim to increase collagen. We hear a lot about collagen supplements. So let's really talk all about collagen today. So first of all, you know, what is collagen? So collagen is a protein that constitutes a significant portion of the body's connective tissue. It's actually the most abundant protein in mammals, and it plays a huge part of the skins, the bones, the tendons, and the ligaments and other tissues. In the skin, collagen really plays a very crucial role in providing strength, structure, and elasticity. Throughout the body, there's multiple types of collagen, and we don't need to go into all of them, except for the types that are in the skin that most of us are concerned about are type 1 collagen, which is in the deeper layers of the skin, or the dermis, which really um, provides some of the tensile strength and helps maintain the skin's firmness and structure. Type 1 collagen forms a dense network of fibers that give the skin its resilience and durability. And a lot of times what distinguishes young skin from aging skin is the network of collagen fibers and the collagen matrix, as we call it. Then there is type 3 collagen, which is in the same spot as type 1 collagen, the dermis of the skin, and it's often found in association with type 1 collagen. And it really works in conjunction with type 1 collagen to support the structural integrity of the skin. It also helps um, during early stages of wound healing. The third type that is um, very prominent in the skin is type 7 collagen, which is in a layer called the basement membrane zone, which basically separates the epidermis or the outer layer of the skin from the dermis, which is the deeper layer of the skin. And it sort of is an anchor between the two and also contributes to the overall integrity of the skin. So what does collagen do in the skin? Number one, it gives it structural support, like I kind of talked about a little bit. Collagen provides a framework for the skin, giving it strength and structure. And like I said, it has a network of fibers that help maintain the skin's firmness and resilience. Number two, collagen also gives your skin elasticity. So collagen works in conjunction with elastin, which is another protein that I think we've all heard about, to give the skin its elasticity. So elasticity is essential for the skin to kind of stretch and return to its original shape. Again, that is why younger skin has sort of more snap than older skin. And the next thing that collagen in the skin does is hydration. So collagen molecules have the ability to bind with water molecules contributing to skin hydration. And 
we can all see how well hydrated skin appears plump and healthy. So really kind of young skin full of collagen, densely organized collagen, lots of structural support, lots of hydration, lots of elasticity. We all know what young skin looks like. What happens as the body ages? So as the body ages, the production of collagen tends to decrease and the existing collagen fibers become weaker, which can really lead to the various signs of aging. Let's go into what happens on the molecular level of the skin. And so basically, when skin ages, we get um, some atrophy, which means thinner skin, we get decreased elasticity, and we also get impaired metabolic and reparative responses, which means the skin cells are less good at turning over. You get more like older skin cells versus that young, healthy, new kind of skin. The epidermis becomes thinner, the epidermal junction flattens, and you also get sort of that increased fragility of skin to sheer stress. It, it's kind of like when you have the old people and you rip off the band-aid and they start bleeding. What you also do is you kind of get some loss of undulations at the dermo-epidermal junction. And so you get a decreased area for nutrient transfer, which means that you actually get less nutrients into the deeper layers of the skin such as protective lipids that can't quite get through anymore because you have, as I said, loss of undulations on a macroscopic level. A lot of times older people do have drier skin or as you age, your skin actually gets drier and you can have a compromise in the nice barrier function that your skin has. You also have decreased sort of division of the cells. And for those of you who aren't biologists, cells divide to grow and regenerate. Because we have decreased division of keratinocytes and migration from the basal layer to the skin surface, what you basically also do is get less epidermal turnover. Like I said, you have more kind of older cells versus newer, more vibrant, more active cells. And then you also get a composition change where certain cells decrease in the skin layer. So the makeup of the cells of the skin layer changes. I'm not going to go into all of them because then I know I will lose like half of you. This might have already been too much. So sorry if that was too much. But really the other things that happen is your dermis of your skin thins. You get decreased vascularity, decreased biosynthesis, and really a huge decrease of dermal collagen. Your dermal collagen is like on a steady slide down. And as we age, you can lose as much as 75% of your collagen. And the remaining collagen is fragmented and disarrayed. Like I talked about in young skin, our collagen is nice and organized, strong, and beautiful and then as you get older you have less of it and what you have isn't as organized and strong you also get a decrease in the biosynthesis of the elastin so your elastic fiber network degenerates after the fourth decade i'm there oh my god crying right now so basically you also from that you get decreased skin resilience and again because you have a decrease of certain macromolecules you get 
a loss of hydration in the skin. Again, thinner skin, less elastic skin, drier skin. Like I said, we have senescent cells that accumulate in the skin of older people, which are really cells that aren't metabolically active. And on top of that, for most of us, you get a decrease in subdermal fat. So that is sort of that fat layer. And we also know that when we look at little kids and they have those beautiful chubby cheeks and we all love squeezing them, but there is just that plumpness to the skin. And it's not just because it's hydrated, it's also because of the epidermal fat layer. When we put filler in people, such as in the cheek filler, it's because of that fat layer is the first one to decrease. So you are getting volume changes in the skin with the um, decrease in the subdermal fat, which is also support for the skin. And so with this decrease in the fat layer, you do contribute to sagging, skin wrinkling, as well as increased susceptibility to trauma. What is really interesting is that as far as restoring collagen and as far as reversing these age-related changes of the skin, tretinoin or transretinoic acid appears to reverse many of the age-related changes in sun protected skin. So everything that I've talked about happens in your skin irregardless of sun exposure. Now, sun exposure is really harmful. Sun damage, as I've said in other episodes, really contributes to the skin aging faster. But all of this stuff happens just based on age. But there are multiple studies and so this is number one if you want to do one thing for your skin in terms of putting topicals on we know that sunscreen is like number one right because we want to slow down your like excessive aging of the skin we're all going to age if we're lucky enough because we get older but then of course sun damage accelerates aging and causes what we call photo aging but what i'm talking about is just regular aging other than number one, sunscreen, number two, if you can tolerate it, retinol or tretinoin, especially prescription strength, is the best studied anti-aging topical you can possibly have. If you're not on one of those, you should be on one of those. Even if you're sensitive like me, there are certain formulations. Come talk to me. Go talk to your dermatologist, your provider that are safe for you, that you can probably use, even if it's just once or twice a week. I have very sensitive skin, and I have found something that I can probably tolerate every third day. So topical tretinoin in multiple studies, and again, they've studied this nine months out, so this doesn't happen overnight, so don't do it for one day and expect it to happen. Most of these studies have endpoints that are somewhere between three and nine months, okay? After three and nine months of treatment with tretinoin, basically on studies where we look at skin under the microscope before and after, the epidermis thickens, some of the capillaries reappear to get nutrients to the skin, matrix proteins are redeposited, and collagen and elastin are increased. So number one to increase your collagen and elastin is you should be on retinoin long term. You should obviously use sunscreen. You should use a barrier cream, especially as you get older and your skin gets drier, to really protect the skin from excessive losses and keep it well hydrated. Anyway, so let's really kind of talk about it more from a clinical perspective. We know that as we age, the production of collagen tends to decrease and the existing uh, collagen fibers might become 
weaker. That is why you see wrinkles or fine lines. That is why you see sagging skin. That is why you see thinning skin. And that's also why you can have some like reduced wound healing. As individuals age, we know there's a natural decline in collagen production, which contributes to the development of wrinkles, fine lines, loss of skin elasticity. This is why collagen is like one of the holy grails of aesthetics. Other than, of course, we want to also restore some of the fat with fillers. We want to decrease some wrinkles in the upper face, especially with Botox. But so much emphasis is really placed on collagen because collagen is like the most fundamental thing for the skin. So when you hear collagen over and over, like that is why. And I hope I've explained this well in this episode of how crucial collagen is and what it really does. So basically a lot of treatments are aimed at increasing your collagen. And how do they do it? Well, they do it in various ways. There's not just one treatment that stimulates collagen. A lot of the treatments that treat the skin globally try to stimulate collagen. So we know that IPLs moderately stimulate collagen. We know that things like the Frax lasers are amazing at stimulating collagen. We know that microneedling and radiofrequency microneedling stimulate collagen, and they all do it a little bit different ways. That is really what most of the devices in aesthetic medicine and anti-aging medicine try to do is stimulate collagen. A lot of the ways we try to stimulate collagen is really by doing what we call control damage of the skin, where we carefully denature some of the existing collagen in like a Frax laser, which is one of the complete standards of anti-aging in a fractional matter. So we know if we denature like the old CO2, like 100% of the collagen, certain people can't rebuild all of that collagen and we might not be recovered. So we know that if we about denature about 40% of it, somewhere between 25 and 40% of your collagen by doing controlled, and that's why it's a fractional treatment, we treat we denature a fraction of the collagen, a fractional laser, it kind of makes heat-induced holes and stuff in a fraction of your skin. It's the same with RF microneedling. It creates channels. Microneedling creates channels, does some controlled damage. We're basically asking the skin to rebuild itself stronger, healthier, and with what we see under the microscope as younger-looking skin. A lot of these studies or a lot of these devices do studies. Part of it is to do punch biopsies and to look at skin under the microscope. And what we want to see is basically skin from the same individual after a series of treatments that looks like younger skin. So more organized, thicker, more collagen, more elastin, et cetera, et cetera, because we can stain it and do nice pictures other than, of course, doing the objective assessments where we're saying, are some of the wrinkles gone? Is the skin smoother? Is the skin tighter? With our special photography having been part of a lot of these studies. So when people say this stimulates collagen and that stimulates collagen and this stimulates collagen and I'm so confused, it is sort of true because different treatments stimulate collagen in different ways. Some of them do it mechanical, like microneedling. Some of them also use it by combining, doing channels so we can suck some exosomes or something or growth factors in there. But really, 
a lot of focus on aesthetic medicine is on stimulating collagen. Different devices do it differently. Well, some of them are safe in certain ways or others. Some of them have other benefits. So that's why it's really important to go to a trusted provider that has more than one option to give you the best option for your skin. And also some devices stimulate collagen at different layers and levels of the skin. Also do scarring better, do volume loss better, do tightening better. So there are variabilities, but this is really why collagen is like one of the holy grails of setting medicine. Let me do one sort of final little segment on taking collagen supplementation. The studies on them are a little bit limited because, as I said, it's really hard to control for a lot of other factors, but there are definitely some studies that very much suggest that external collagen supplementation works and it makes sense, right? You're trying to get collagen all the ways. Why not also drink your collagen so that you can have it absorbed and you can have it uptaken by your body so that your body has it available as a readily available building block. I am a huge believer of drinking my collagen. I have now found a plant-based collagen because most collagen supplementation is actually like animal-based. I have now found an amazing plant-based collagen that I drink religiously every day and I have definitely like seen differences in my skin, in my joints in terms of um, recovery from exercise and I'm a huge proponent of getting my collagen into my skin and my body in all of the ways. We will put a link to the collagen that I use into the show notes. As I said, I love it. It tastes delicious. It's part of my routine and I've only seen benefits from it in terms of not having changed anything else because I do a lot. I do the retinol, of course. I do some regular treatments a couple times a year. What I do is it's a hodgepodge of treatments that I do, right? It's like I might do some RF microneedling, I might do an IPL for my rosacea, and it has the benefit of stimulating some collagen. I might do a microneedling, but I definitely do a couple things a year so that I absolutely stimulate my collagen and my cells to turn over. Now that I've found a gentle retinol, I do that twice a week. I didn't do that for a long time because as I said, I have rosacea. What had always been prescribed to me was way too strong. And now I found a gentle medical grade one that's both retinol and uh, bacchiol. And I can totally tolerate that. So I do that and I drink my collagen religiously because we love collagen. Collagen is amazing for your skin and your body. So why not get it in all of the ways to anti-age? Anyways, that was today's episode on what's the deal with collagen. Thank you guys for listening. Um, connect with me on social media. Tell me that you love this episode. And if there's other questions you have, please tell them. This episode actually came from a listener question. So thank you for asking me that question and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Forger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. 
Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.